Hey everybody, Josh here, and you're listening to the Game Plan Podcast on the JRB Studios Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by the Fairway Bunker Blog. The Fairway Bunker Blog is practical, sometimes unorthodox, advice for golfers by golfers. For more information, head over to fairwaybunkerblog.com. Now, let's enjoy the show. Well, howdy, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to another episode of the Game Plan Podcast. This is Josh, and I am in the studio alone today, um, recording solo this morning, this fine Saturday morning, February 1st. Um, We got a good show here. I I think it's going to be good. Um, We're going to talk about some NBA All-Star stuff, and then we're going to have a time at the end of the episode where we we talk about um, the tragedy that happened last Sunday. Uh, it's going to be hard to get through, uh, because Kobe was a hero of mine. And so, um, I want to, I want to talk about NBA all-star stuff just because, uh, I think it, it'll be a good way to kind of get our mind off of things, uh, for the time being. And then when we get back to the Kobe stuff at the end of the episode, I have, um, I have, I don't know exactly how many, uh, but I have messaged, m- a lot of people over the past couple of days, just asking them to send me comments and and things for me to read on the episode. So we're going to have kind of like a tribute to Kobe Bryant here at the end where I'm just going to read, uh, several of my friends have sent me things to read, uh, and and I'm going to read those for you and, um, try not to get emotional. I know that is going to (laughs) be kind of difficult, but but what what I'd like to do is talk about all-star stuff at the beginning of the episode, uh, get to the Kobe uh, tribute at the end, and then to end the episode, do a 24-second moment of silence um, in honor of Kobe Bryant. So let's let's talk about all-star stuff, first of all. So let's, um, first of all, let's acknowledge that uh, the all-star format has completely changed, which I think is going to be really cool. Um, I was talking to my wife yesterday about it, and I think it's going to be, I mean, I think it'll be fine. I think I would rather just watch them play a regular game, but the way that uh, Adam Silver and the NBA has gone about changing things over the past several years is they're always proactive. The NBA is always proactive. They're always the first ones to try new things. So I think that's really cool. One of the things that I love about the NBA, but I'm just going to read to you real quick what the NBA um, has said about the changes and I'm just going to read two paragraphs to you and then kind of break it down a little bit. In the 69th NBA All-Star Game, Team Giannis and Team LeBron will compete to win each of the first three quarters, all of which will start with a score of 0-0 and will be 12 minutes long. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, the game clock will be turned off and a final target score will be set. The final target score will be determined by taking the leading team's total cumulative score through three quarters and adding 24 adding 24 points, 24 representing Kobe Bryant's um, jersey number for the final 10 seasons of his NBA career. The teams will then play an untimed fourth quarter, and for the fir- and the first team to reach the final target score will win the NBA game, or the NBA All-Star game, sorry. <clears throat> I'm a little out of sorts this morning. Uh, and then it says, for instance, if the cumulative score of the first three quarters is 100 to 95, the final target score would be set at 124 points. To win the NBA All-Star Game, the team with 100 points needs to score 24 uh, in the fourth quarter before the team with 95 scores 29, and vice versa. Uh, With no minimum or maximum time on the clock in the fourth quarter, the NBA All-Star Game will end with a made basket or a made free throw, Uh, which I think is really cool. They've never done it like that before. It's kind of like a, uh, it's not really a sudden death. It's, um, if I had to equate it to something else in sports, it would be like, um, I mean, it would be similar to like a sudden death, uh, but imagine your sudden death is 24 extra points. So upon reading it the first time, I went through and I read it and I thought, well, that's going to be crazy. That fourth quarter is going to take forever because it says up at the top, uh, each quarter will start at zero, zero. And so then when it was like, yeah, it'll be, you know, team with a hundred, you add 24. So it'd be 124. So I was like, they're going to play one quarter to get to 124 points. So I'm glad that they broke it down and they explained that the fourth quarter 
will start with your cumulative score plus 24 will be the target, uh, which I think is a, a great tribute to uh, to Kobe. I think Kobe would like that. Um, and also, um, both of the teams are going to wear uh, Bryant numbers. I think Giannis's team is going to wear number 24. I believe that's what I read. And then Kobe's or um, LeBron's team will wear number two in honor of uh, Gianna. So the new format seems pretty cool. They're going to play 12 minute quarters up to the fourth, um, which, you know, 12 minute quarters, that's what they play regular. So, I mean, you're talking a third quarter, three quarters of basketball in a regular basketball game. You're looking at, I don't know, hundred to 110 points, maybe, um, you know, on a really, really good night, maybe like 85 to a hundred points somewhere in there on a good night. Um, but this is the all-star game. So, uh, there's probably not going to be a ton of defense. I know there will be defense because they've added like incentives uh, for winning each quarter. You know, if you every quarter that you win something, um, let's see. Let me read a little bit here. As a part of the All Star 2020, more than one million will be contributed to Chicago community nonprofit organizations through NBA Cares outreach efforts. These efforts will culminate during the NBA All Star game when each team will play for a Chicago-based charity beneficiary, as selected by team captains Giannis and LeBron. So every quarter you will be playing for something. So your team will be playing for a charity every quarter. So it's an incentive to play better and to win, Um, which I think is good because uh, I remember talking to my uncle, I don't know, probably back in like 2010 or something, and watching an All-Star game, and it was like, this is the most boring thing in the world. Like his daughter was just learning to play basketball at the time and he wouldn't let her watch the all-star game uh, because he was like, this is not real basketball. Like this is just the best players in the world going out and goofing around. And I think adding these incentives to every quarter is going to be really, really good. Uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least. All right. So um, we've kind of, okay, we've gone over the format. Now let me hold on one second. One thing I didn't bring up because I've been all out of sorts this morning is um, the All-Star Starters. So I'm going to bring up the All-Star Starters. I'm going to go through them, and I'm going to tell you whether or not I think they should be a starter, and then we'll go through the reserves. Um, <clears throat> hold on. For some reason, I typed in uh, <laughs> 2019. I'm still living in the past. All right. Let's bring this up. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get a drink of water real quick. All right. So I'm going to go through the all-star starters and tell you whether or not I think they should be a starter. Um, <clears throat> and keep in mind, like I posted several weeks ago, uh, a picture of Trey Young and the list of people that I had voted for. Now, I want you guys to understand, if you go back and you look at that, I voted for people like Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward. I was not putting them as starters. That's not what I was doing. I was voting for them because they're my favorite players. Um, not saying, like, you know, that's what that's what fans do. We vote for our favorite players. And so, objectively, I did not think Gordon Hayward had any chance of being a starter in the All-Star game. I mean, just being totally honest, uh, he he's not playing at that level yet um, since his injury. So I just voted for him because I think he's playing well, considering the injury playing extremely well. And he deserved a spot in the all-star game. I thought um, just for his comeback, but obviously I did not think that he was capable of being a starter in the all-star game. So that being said, let's go through the East all-star starters really fast. We got Giannis obviously um, deserves to be in there. MVP candidate every year. One of the best players in the game. If he could hit a jump shot, he'd be unstoppable. Uh, Joel Embiid, not a big fan of Joel Embiid, but he's unstoppable. Uh, He can do a little bit of everything. He's like, he's a bigger version of Anthony Davis. I think like he, he's just, a big man that can do everything on the floor needs to get in better shape. Um, gets a little winded and I mean, I would too. I mean, I got no room to talk. I'm, you know, uh, I'm short round and I run out of breath fast too. So, uh, but Joel Embiid is in there. And I think rightfully so he's unstoppable. Pascal Siakam love spicy P. Uh, absolutely think that spicy P deserves it. He's having an incredible season. Um, 
I mean, is it possible to give most improved player to the same player two years in a row? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, then next is Kimba Walker. Kimba, my Celtic. Um, you know, all of you guys know I love the Celtics. Uh, I love the Celtics so much. Um, so putting Kimba in there, obviously, I think is a great decision. Kimba's playing unreal basketball this year. And uh, I heard, I think it was Chuck talking about, uh, on NBA on TNT talking about how Kimba is not as good as Kyrie, but Kimba fits the system better than Kyrie. And I don't even know that I necessarily agree with that statement. I think Kyrie is better than Kimba. Don't get me wrong. I do. I think Kyrie is better than Kimba, but I don't even know that Kimba fits the system any better than Kyrie because their games are very, very similar. Uh, I think Kimba just has a better attitude. And I think that's the biggest difference is that he, he's not, you know, he doesn't have the, the ego of Kyrie going into it. So, uh, Kimba rightfully. So I think in there and then Trey young, Trey young, there's been some debate whether or not Trey young should have been a starter or Bradley Beal should have been a starter, uh, or Jimmy Butler should have been a starter. I think, um, I think putting Trey young as a starter was right. I mean, you look at what the kid's able to do in his second year. It's it's unreal. I mean, the only other player playing that well in his second year is Luka Doncic, who's also a starter on the West side. So, um, that being said, if you put Trey Young in the Western Conference, I don't think he makes the starting lineup. He still makes the squad, uh, but I don't think he makes the starting lineup. I think the East just doesn't have nearly as many guards, good guards, as the West does. So, on to the West. Let's see, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis playing out of his mind, um, moving to LA with LeBron was probably the best thing that could happen to his career. So yeah, definitely Anthony Davis in there. Luca, Luca is probably my favorite player to watch right now. Uh, I told Brittany last night, we were watching the, uh, the Lakers Portland game last night and Damian Lillard is scorching right now. And I told her, I was like, I think Damian Lillard might be my favorite player to watch. Uh, and then she reminded me of Luka Doncic, uh, who didn't play in the game before because he's injured right now. But um, hopefully Luka will be back and ready to go in time for the All-Star game. I love Luka. Uh, he's electric. He's fun to watch. He's um, he's just he's so good for being so young that it, it it's kind of mind-blowing. Uh, and then next you got James Harden. Again, kind of the same page as Joel Embiid. I'm not a big James Harden fan, but you can't ignore 36 points a game. Um, oh, voice crack. Wow. Uh, you can tell it's early. My voice is cracking. Um, James Harden, phenomenal scorer. Probably one of the best scorers to ever play the game. Uh, 36 points a game, leading the league. You can't not put him in there. Uh, I'm not a fan of James Harden by any stretch of the imagination, but rightfully so he's a west all-star starter and then lebron i mean what is there to say about lebron um you know what 17th year now and he's still playing the best ball of his life i I don't even know what to say about lebron anymore man like um my list of all-time greats goes lebron kobe mj and i know i'm probably going to catch some heat for that but uh but my main basis is not championships it's longevity of greatness and Kobe and LeBron both had longer, greater careers than Michael, I think. Um, Michael had more chips. Yes, that's fair. Uh, but Kobe and LeBron both played at a higher level for longer. So LeBron, you got to put him in there. I mean, until he retires, he's going to be an all-star starter. Let's just be honest. And then you got Kawhi, who, I mean, there's nothing else to say about Kawhi. People complain about the load management. I don't think it's a problem, honestly. I think it's fine. Um, the load management thing is, I think it's just smart basketball. (laughs) If you're being totally honest, I think it's smart basketball. Um, you don't want to, you know, get to the end of the season and have your best player that has played 82 games be completely worn down. I mean, you saw it with James Harden several years ago, the past three years, really in the playoffs, James Harden does everything for his team. And then they get to the playoffs and he's just dead. Like he can't, he can't carry the team the way that he did in the regular season. And I think we saw last year in Toronto that when you let Kawhi have some load management, um, he's going to carry you through the playoffs. And so I think Kawhi's load management, not an issue, uh, still averaging some crazy numbers, deserves to be an all-star starter. All right, so there's your starters. You got Giannis, Embiid, Siakam, Kemba, Trey Young, 
AD, Luca, James Harden, LeBron, and Kawhi. All right, moving on. Let's talk about the All-Star Reserves because there's some controversy going around right now about All-Star Reserves. And I think rightfully so. Um, but let's just let's just go into it, okay? Let's just get started here. Uh, with let's just start with the East, okay? Jimmy Butler, it's first one listed here. Jimmy Butler deserved to be a starter. Um, maybe over Kimba, maybe over Trey. I I don't know. Jimmy Butler deserves to be in this All Star game. The way that he's played this season, unreal. He deserves it. Ben Simmons, I'm not a huge Ben Simmons fan, but you can't ignore what he's doing. Um, playing phenomenal ball. I think he deserves to be in there. Uh, the next one is Kyle Lowry. Let's be honest. I mean, Kyle Lowry, great ball player, heart and soul of that Toronto team. But I don't know that I would have put him as an all-star. Um, and, and I think it's important to note that the... Uh, the coaches picked the reserves and they picked Kyle Lowry. I don't know that I would have put him in there. Um, just being honest, I don't know that I would have put him in there. Chris Middleton, I think, yeah, Chris Middleton is always, he's consistent. He, you know, you know what you're going to get with Chris Middleton. DeMontis Sabonis, okay, you know, I'm fine with it. Um, Jason Tatum, definitely. I thought Jason Tatum has earned that. Uh, had a phenomenal rookie year and then a you know kind of fell off in his second year and he's back to playing good ball and Bam Adebayo dude Bam Adebayo is playing redonkulous ball right now if anyone deserves to be in this game it's Bam Adebayo uh all right so moving on to the west you got the Joker obviously he's always going to be in there you got Dame obviously you got Donovan Donovan's playing unreal right now uh, first time All Star for Donovan, and then also first time All Star for Rudy Gobert. Both those guys, I think, deserve it. Uh, both those guys are playing really, really well right now. The next guy, not sure. Uh, Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul's another one of those guys. He's the heart and soul of whatever team he's on. Uh, he's like like Kyle Lowry. I don't know that I would put him in there. He's playing great ball. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Oklahoma is exceeding expectations. I I think anyway, uh, they're exceeding my expectations. But I don't know that I would have put Chris Paul in there. And then Brandon Ingram, you got to put Brandon Ingram in there. Uh, Brandon Ingram's playing ridiculous, out of his mind, best season of his life. Probably going to be most improved player. Um, I think Brandon Ingram, rightfully so, is in this game. And then Russ, I don't know that I would have put Russ in there. Russ is playing really well. Uh, he's had a stretch of really, really good games. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think... I think there are players that deserved it more. Um, so let's just let's get to that real quick. Let's let's talk about snubs. Let's talk about our all-star snubs. Okay. So we're gonna click on over to an article by the Undefeated. And they're gonna list some all-star snubs. Uh, this article is titled The 2020 NBA All-Star Snub Team. So, let's just dive right in, okay? Bradley Beal is number one on the list. Bradley Beal deserves to be in this game. I'm just... He deserves to be in this game. 28 points a game, 7 assists a game. The dude deserves it. Uh, he should be in this game. There is no doubt in my mind that Bradley Beal got snubbed. Uh, Bradley Beal should be playing over... Kyle Lowry. He should maybe be playing over DeMonte Sabonis. I mean, he definitely, uh, I think it was a disservice what was done <laughs> to Bradley Beal, honestly. And I think uh, Ernie Johnson said this. He said, when you're looking at two players and you think which one deserves to be in the game, you look at their team's record. I don't know, man. Because, like, Bradley Beal, if you line up Bradley Beal versus Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal is averaging more points. Maybe more assists. I don't know what Kyle Lowry's assist numbers look like, but he's averaging almost 29 points a game and almost seven assists a game. Like, how can you not put this dude in an all-star game? I want to know what the fan vote was for him, honestly. Like, I want to know because 
the he obviously did make the starting team, which I thought was crazy. He probably could start over Trey Young, if you ask me. Um, but to not even make the reserves, like that's just that's just cruel, man. Like Brad Beal has been one of my favorite players since he came into the league, uh, since I really got into basketball, and I just love his game. Like, I mean, he's he can he can score at all three levels. He's a good defender. He can pass well. I just I don't understand why. I guarantee it's because they're fifteen and thirty one. I mean, I guarantee it. That's got to be the only reason that he's not in the All Star game. All right, so moving on to another snub that absolutely has to be in this game is D-Book. Devin Booker averaging 27 points a game, averaging six assists a game. Like, again, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. He's he's shooting 37% from three um, and more than 50% of his shots from the field overall. Like, that's literally what this says. He's one of the league's most feared shooters, hitting 37% of his threes and more than 50% of his shots from the field. I mean... It's it's a disservice, honestly. Shooting 50% and then shooting 40% from three. How, like, yeah, Phoenix has one of the worst records in the league, but how can you not put Devin Booker in this game? He is, he is Kobe-esque in the way that you have to plan for him. Like, I mean... I've heard coaches talk about before, like in interviews, game planning for Devin Booker. How, like, if you're if you're game planning for the best player on a team, how can you not put him in the All Star game? And I understand, like, I get it that there are, you know, there are only a certain number of spots, and uh, you can't, you know, you can't just put everybody in there who's averaging good numbers, and you can't put a player from every team in there. And and I get that, like, I do. Okay, I understand all of the arguments against Devin Booker here. My biggest problem is 27 points a game on 40% from three. That's one of the best seasons. Like, you know what? I'm just going to move on before I get carried away on D-Book. I love Devin Booker. I think he's a great player. Um, Should be an all-star. Will be a perennial all-star, I think, for the rest of his career. Um Here's another question that we'll talk about on a different episode when uh, Drew Fitzgerald joins me. Should um, the Suns look to move Devin Booker? I I think they've held on to him long enough. Um, They're not winning right now. Uh, They they can't build a good team around him. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is a great ball player, but you're still not winning games. Uh, So how long do you milk Devin Booker? Uh, or do you just move off of him and start over? I think I think there are teams in the league that need to make a move for Devin Booker. I think maybe the Heat could make a move for Devin Booker. Um, I think that would be huge in a playoff push for the Heat because they're playing really well right now, and adding a weapon like D-Book would just push them over the top. All right, next snub. Man, this one hits close to home, not only because he shares my last name, but he plays for my favorite team, is Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, 20 points a game, seven rebounds, three assists. Numbers could be better, but he's the third best player on the Boston Celtics right now, uh, who by no stretch of the imagination are the best team in the East. Uh, the Bucks are the best team in the East, hands down. The uh, Bucks may be the best team in the league. Um, but, man, Celtics are playing really good ball right now. And Jalen Brown is having a career year. I mean, 27 and 3. That's a team with a lot of offensive weapons. And this dude is, you know, he's right up there at the top with all of them. They're the fourth best best team in the East, which I get, you know. But I I don't know, man. I think you think part of it may be because... Kimba and Tatum are already in the game. Like, I mean, honestly, do you think that might be part of it? And if it is, do you think that that's right? I don't think it's right, but uh, I can understand Jalen not being in the game um, more so than I do like Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. I think both of those guys have to be in this game. 
it is it is a disservice to those gentlemen and what they're doing. Um, but Jalen Brown's only 23 and, uh, I mean, he's having a career year and he's only going to get better. So, um, I mean, look out for Jalen Brown. That's all I'm going to say. Look out for Jalen Brown. There are a lot of teams in this league that could use a talent like Jalen Brown. Um, again, namely the Miami heat could use a talent like Jalen Brown. Um, I think, I think there are a lot of teams in this league that could use Jalen Brown more than what he's being used in Boston, but I don't want him to leave Boston because uh, Jalen's one of my favorite. Boston is obviously my favorite team. You guys know that. Um, but should have been an all-star. Let's keep moving on. Okay, here we go. Here's one that I don't agree with on this list. Uh, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, averaging around 23 uh, 23 points, six rebounds, six assists. I mean, that's pretty good. Shooting a career best 53% from the field. So that's pretty good. But Spurs aren't winning games. I mean, they're 21, 26, so they're not awful, but they're not, they're not winning games like they normally do. Um, I just think there's too many guards in the West, man. There are too many good guards in the West. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's having a great year, but there are too many good guards in the West. It's just, that's what it comes down to. Um, when you have that many good guards, you have to make tough decisions. And I think that DeMar not being in the game is is totally fair. Uh, because, I mean, you've got, I mean, Donovan Mitchell. Um, maybe him over Chris Paul, I, I don't know. Maybe him over Russ, I don't know. But, man, there are too many good guards in the West. That's what it comes down to. Okay, here's one I do agree with. Dude's having a career year. Zach Levine. Um, he's really Chicago's only hope right now. Uh, is scoring around 26 per game. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. They're 19 to 31. Um, they're not, they're not a great team, but he's averaging, you know, 26 points, four assists, five rebounds. That's pretty good. I mean, there's still hope for Chicago fans and Zach Levine fans that he'll participate in the dunk contest, which would be cool. Uh, but Zach Levine's another one that you you know you could have put in there um, over maybe a Kyle Lowry or Demonte Sabonis, but you know really well really just Kyle Lowry. I'd I'd take Chris Middleton over Zach Levine. All right, the next one on this list don't really agree with is Lou Will. Lou Will's playing really really well right now. Um, I mean he's always played well. Uh, he's I mean, let's be honest. The only reason that the sixth man award isn't called the Lou Williams award is because he's still playing in the game. And I believe that Drew Fitzgerald was the first one to say that on our last episode that we did together. But let's be real. Lou Will's a great ball player, averaging 20 and 6. I don't think that... I don't think I would have put him in this game. Um... I love Lou Will. Lou Will's my wife's favorite player. Every time the Clippers play, uh, she's like, man, that number 23 is good. She doesn't, you know, realize what his name is, but uh, she doesn't watch as much as I do. All right, moving on. Next one is Andre Drummond. I kind of agree. Um, don't really, you know, don't really see a place for Andre Drummond in this game. I mean, 18 points, 16 boards. That's really phenomenal. That's great. Um, Andre Drummond is an all-star caliber player, but... You know, I just, I don't know. Um, and to be honest with you guys, a lot of these picks are going to be biased. I mean, that's just how it is. Like, uh, when it comes to all-star stuff, I try to be, or when it comes to sports in general, I try to be pretty objective and I look at the numbers and I, I, you know, base my opinions based off of numbers. But there are times when it's all just kind of like, you know, favorite players. Uh, and Drummond is one of my favorite players. I mean, on my, um, on my 2K, my career the other day, um, I just asked my GM to trade for Andre Drummond so that we could get more boards. Like I love Andre Drummond. He's, he is a glass cleaner, like nobody's business. Uh, but I don't know. That's kind of like a couple years ago, they put Al Horford in the game, uh, in the all-star game. And he was averaging like 14 points and eight assists. And it's like, can we justify him being an all-star? I feel like it's the same with Andre Drummond, great player, uh, heart and soul of his team, you know, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. 
Now the last one, last one on this list is John Morant. Now I won't be very clear here. John Morant's rookie of the year. John Morant could win the dunk contest this year if he wanted to. John Morant is the best Grizzly, hands down. Um, John Morant is must-see TV and will make Memphis get more nationally televised games in the near future, which is exciting because Memphis is one of my favorite teams uh, just based off of proximity to us. I don't want him in this game. And it's not because I got anything against John Morant. I love John Morant. I just said a bunch of good things about him. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't like the idea of rookies in the all-star game. I don't. And even if they deserve it, you know, I think put them in the rising stars game, let them participate in, uh, you know, skills challenge, uh, put them in the dunk contest, three point contest, put the all-star game. I don't know. I don't know that I could say John Morant right now is an all-star, you know, um, I think he's first team all rookie, hundred percent. Uh, he's rookie of the year, hundred percent. He's one of the you know most electrifying players in the game right now. But I don't think he's on the level of you know guys like Jimmy Butler or Ben Simmons or Jason Tatum or Brandon Ingram or Damian Lillard. Like I just I can't put him up there. Um, that being said, that dude's got a bright future. Uh, John Morant is going to do amazing things in the future. So there you have it, folks. There's my take on all the all-star stuff. Um, I think this year is going to be really good. I think, I mean, let's just be totally honest. Uh, they change it every year. <laughs> um, the NBA is really proactive at, you know, changing things. And so that's, that's really cool. It's one of the reasons I love the NBA so much, but uh it, I mean, it'll be different next year. It won't be the same next year. So now we're going to get into the the difficult part of the show. Um, we're going to get into the show, the part of the show where I'm going to read a few things that a few of my friends have said about uh, Kobe Bryant. Now, first and foremost, I want to say um, the way that this happened is awful. Uh, I don't even I don't even have a word for it. Um I was it was you know last Sunday I was leaving lunch after I'd gone to church and uh, my wife was at home already and she called me or she texted me and she said did you hear about Kobe? And I was driving so I called her and I said no what what do you mean what's going on with Kobe? And she told me uh, that she what she had seen on social media, and I I literally didn't even know what to say. Like I, I just I couldn't answer. Um, my my heart and my mind every every part of me wanted it to to be fake news. Every part of me wanted it to not be true. Um, and then shortly after I got off the phone with my wife, uh, my my oldest brother Matt, who I have a comment, I have a statement from him here that I'm going to read. Um, he called me and, and Matt, let me, let me just preface this by saying Matt is, um, Matt is an all time Celtics fan. Uh, since the time that we started watching the NBA, Matt has been a diehard Celtics fan. I've been a Celtics fan. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'll, I'll hop around. I'll, you know, Celtics are my boys. Uh, but I love the Mavericks because I can watch them on our local TV channels. I love the Grizzlies because they're close to us. But Matt has never wavered in his love for the Celtics. And when Matt called me, he was almost in tears talking about Kobe Bryant, an all-time Laker that stole a championship from our Boston Celtics. Matt was almost in tears. And and it was it was difficult but it was at that moment that I kind of knew that I was like, it was like Kobe's more than basketball, you know, like Kobe's more than a Laker. Uh, Kobe is something to everybody. And, and so that's kind of what drove me to want to do this today. Uh, so we're probably going to go a little long. I think we're, 
We're button up against 35 minutes right now, and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got nine. <coughs> I got nine um, comments to read, and I'm gonna try to get through them without crying. Um, but but man, I just my heart hurts this week. It does. My heart hurts, uh, and so we're gonna start. Um, I'm going to read Matt's comments first. I'm going to tell you the person's name who's sending this to me. Um, and, and then you can find them on social media if you want. I mean, I don't care, but, but I'm going to tell you the names of the people that are sending me these because guys, these are all people from small town, Arkansas, that a kid from lower Marion that moved to LA, he changed our lives. Uh, I mean, I, I just listen to these. Okay. I <laughs> just, just listen to these. This is, uh, Matthew Brown who runs the fairway bunker blog. Um, he said this as a Celtics fan, it might seem like I would be hardwired to hate Kobe, but the reality couldn't be further from the truth. If I'm honest, Kobe was one of my favorite players to watch play the game. And I think he certainly made an impact not only on my view of basketball, but on life as well. Kobe Bryant was a thinker. He approached the game of basketball with an academic mind that tactically broke it down to a science. Sure, he had superior skill to almost every other player that ever played against him. But the reason that those other players never stood a chance was because Kobe was also way ahead of them in his mind. I really appreciated that about him because I'm similar. I like to study things. I I like to study things I love until I've broken them down to a science as well. Having this in common with someone who, in my opinion, may be the second greatest player of all time behind Jordan is very encouraging and it inspired me not only to work hard, but to study hard as well. And that was from Matt Brown. Uh, Next one I'm going to read here is from a friend of mine that I went to high school with. Uh, I was never like super close to him in high school, but you know, we, we were friends. Um, I did, I honestly, I didn't even know that he liked basketball, uh, until I, I was talking to one of our mutual friends from high school and he was like, Hey man, you need to ask this kid. Cause he, he loved Kobe. So this one is from a friend of mine whose name is Isaiah cash. And he had this to say, <coughs> There are very few athletes that have meant as much to a general populace as Kobe Bryant. His passing is, in my view, the biggest sports story of my life so far. He meant so many different things to so many different people. For fans of basketball, he was fearless, rabid, apex predator on the court. For his family, a loving husband and father. For me, he was the guy that caught my eye. First to himself and his talents, and then turn to the world of basketball i'm a spurs fan now but i wouldn't have ever loved pop duncan manu and boris diaw for some crazy reason without first loving kobe i would have never appreciated the pure skill of lebron and kd without appreciating what kobe brought to the court first despite being his predecessor predecessor i would have never celebrated mj's killer instinct without first witnessing mamba mentality and that is one of Kobe's many legacies. The dedication with which he approached every aspect of life is something that we can all strive to achieve. Be a rock for your family. Put everything you have into your craft. Talk the talk, walk the walk. Kobe's second act in life was just beginning, being every bit as good as the first. And and I know that he didn't regret a day of it. He may be gone, but he'll never die. Mamba forever. Uh, guys, I'm sorry if I get emotional reading through these. Uh, and this is the crazy thing. I, I told my wife, you know, Sunday afternoon when it happened, uh, I cried, you know, I, I cried hard, um, last week and I don't really, I never, I never got to see Kobe play in person. I never got to meet Kobe. Um, uh, I have no, you know, connection to Kobe other than, uh, he is my favorite player of all time. And I didn't know that it would hit me this hard. I was actually talking to uh, one of the guys I'm going to read from here in just a little bit. I was texting back and forth with him this morning. And it was like, 
I I had no idea that losing a celebrity would hit me this hard. And I'm sorry um, if I get emotional reading through these. It's just amazing to me to see the impact that he had not only on, you know, the basketball world, but like, you know, Isaiah, he didn't play basketball in high school. Matt, he didn't play basketball in high school. Um, a few guys on this list, they didn't play basketball in high school, but, but Kobe changed their life. You know, I didn't play basketball in high school, but Kobe changed my life. Uh, and so let's, let's just keep going. Let's read from, uh, one of my good friends. His name's Andrew Smith. Um, Andrew was a phenomenal basketball player in high school at uh, little Western Grove high school. Um, I bet if you went to Western Grove high school, there'd probably be pictures of him playing ball, uh, great ball player. And Andrew had this to say, when I think about Kobe Bryant, I think about how dedicated he was to his craft. He put the time and effort in to be successful and proved that you didn't have to be the fastest, strongest, or tallest to be great. Ultimately, Kobe showed us that if we want to achieve our dreams, no matter our circumstances, it comes down to how much we personally want it to be fulfilled. Will we let our current circumstances determine our outcome, or will we decide to do something about it by constantly wanting to improve and never being satisfied with just being good enough? Not just in the sport of basketball, but anything that we choose to do in life. We must always strive to be better. That's what Kobe Bryant has meant to me, besides just being an amazing basketball player. And I hope that he has inspired all of you in some way as well. This again from Andrew Smith. Um, guys, I've gotten so many over the past several <laughs> days that um, I actually I posted on Facebook and I tweeted this morning. Just reading through these makes me emotional, and and I know that. Um, you know, I told uh, Cody Shear, who's one I'm going to read from later. I was talking to him this morning. I told him, "There's no, the, there's never enough to say about Kobe Bryant." I mean, I feel like I'm doing a disservice just by doing half of this episode about Kobe Bryant. Uh, I feel like, you know, Kobe inspired all of us to a point that that just doing you know, 30 to 45 minutes of, of reading comments about Kobe is, is a disservice, but I, I don't know what else to do. Um, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, this next one comes from a dear friend of mine who, uh, may be the biggest Kobe fan that I've ever met. Um, I mean the dude, he, he lived Kobe Bryant. He, you know, eat, sleep, breathe Kobe Bryant. And this one's going to be tough. Um, but here we go. <coughs> this is from Zach Goulet, a dear friend of mine. So please, please, um, you know, go go look him up. Uh, send him some love because this has been hard on him. Uh, like I said, biggest Kobe fan I've ever met. But this is what Zach Goulet had to say about Kobe Bryant. Kobe lived a life that moved and inspired those around him not just on the basketball court, but in how he carried himself in every area of his life. To me, he will always be my absolute favorite sports figure of all time. His work ethic, toughness, tenacity, attention to detail, determination, and confidence are characteristics that I've tried to apply to my life since I fir- since the first time I ever saw him play in 96 when I was five years old. I know I'm not the only one who mimicked this too, and because of his spirit, legacy, and impact, he will live on forever through all of those that he touched during his 41 years of life. My heartfelt and sincere prayers are with the Bryant, the Altabelli, the Chester, the Mauser, and the Zabayan families during this tough time. During this time of hurt and confusion, I know that God is good, even when our situations aren't. Mamba for life. I'm sorry. Um, I just... It's tough. Um, and I know it might sound crazy because, you know, like I said, I never got to watch him play um, in person. I watched him all the time on TV. I never got to watch him play in person. I didn't even know Kobe existed until he was 24. Uh, I didn't, in number 24, that is. Uh, I didn't even know, you know, that 
who Kobe was until that 2008 season when he um, almost destroyed the Boston Celtics. And it's just, I can't, I can't explain it. It's just hard. All right, moving on. Um, next one I'm going to read is um, a Twitter message. So let me open up my phone real fast. Or actually, hold on. I think it's a text message. I've been all over the place the past couple of days, guys. <laughs> all right, here we go. This one is from a friend of mine from high school who is one of the biggest basketball fans I've ever met. Huge um, Dallas Mavericks fan, Dirk fan. Uh, he could probably tell you like everything about Dirk if you sat down with him and asked him. And his name's Zach Nelson, and this is what Zach had to say. I've never been a Laker fan, or a Kobe fan for that matter, but I've always respected him and his game. I've never seen one, seen someone so dedicated to being the best player on the court or in history books as Mamba. He was a pioneer for a new generation of talent and a man that many players incorporated into their games. One of my favorite Kobe memories was 2010 finals when the Lakers went up 2-0 in the press conference. The reporter said, hey, Kobe, you don't look happy. Your team's up 2 nothing. What's there not to be happy about? And Kobe's response was, what is there to be happy about? Because the job's not done. And I love this because it showed just how strong the Mamba mentality was. But not only was Kobe one of the best players to ever play the game, he was also one of the best players off the court as well. And it showed in the way that he taught his daughter and all of the students of the game. He will truly be missed by the game. He will truly be missed and the game will never be the same. My heart and prayers go out to the Bryans and every other family impacted by this horrible tragedy. Zach's a diehard Mavericks fan. And a diehard Dirk fan. Never been a Kobe fan. And even people who weren't Kobe fans are hurt by this. Uh, it just... We don't understand. <laughs> um, Alright, my next one. I'm sorry if I'm going through, going through these a little fast. My next one comes from... A friend of mine didn't really get to know him super well, but he a great ball player, uh, a few years younger than me. Uh, his name's Jake Wynn, and Jake Wynn had this to say. Kobe Bryant meant more than just an athlete to me. As someone who's always felt that they were overcompetitive, I felt like someone finally made me feel understood. His work ethic was unbeatable and inspired a generation of people with endless hunger to find their better selves. He was so much more than a basketball player. He was an icon, a role model, and a leader in his household. Above all things, he was a proud father. And that is so true. Um, and I'm just going to go straight into the next one because the next one is a similar idea. And it's from a good friend of mine, Drew Fitzgerald, who's been on the podcast before. Um, and he's going to he's gonna be back next week. Uh, he'll be on next week with us. But um, Drew had this to say. I looked at guys like Kobe and LeBron for how, I sh for how we should be parents. They're so involved and we're always there for events that their kids had. That challenges me to be a better father because my schedule and responsibilities are nowhere near what theirs are. So to put it in perspective for me, the type of father that I need to be, even if I am a boy dad and not a girl dad. I'm going to touch on that in a minute when I um, get to mine. And I don't, I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I wrote out a big long tweet this morning. I may just read that. I may read the Instagram post that I made on Sunday or Monday when it happened. But um, I, I don't even know what, you know, I came into this thinking, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to talk about the all-star game and then I'm going to read these and uh, we'll be done with it. And I just feel like it's not enough. You know, like I just, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to Kobe and his legacy and, and to Gianna and what she was going to be and all those families that were affected by it. And it just hurts. Um, it just hurts. 
All right, so the last one that I have here is from a best friend of mine growing up. Still pretty good friends. Amazing ball player. Um, one of the best players that I ever had the privilege of playing with who um, he had this – he had Kobe mentality. I mean, when you got on the court, it was it was all business. Uh, and, and his name's Cody Shear. Hopefully we'll have him on the podcast soon. Um but here's what here's what Cody had to say. I've started to write this out a couple of times now because I'm at a loss for words. Kobe Bryant just seemed like one of those people who would never die and will continue to leave his mark on the world years to come. Sadly, that's not going to be the case. I've always admired Kobe for his game and his ability to adapt and learn. Kobe wouldn't quit until he was better than you. And that's what the Mamba mentality is all about. He would maniacally pick apart and learn your every weakness just to destroy you on the court. Given I've never been a huge supporter of Kobe, or the Lakers for that matter, purely because he was always going up against my Heat boys. Kobe's a, Cody's a huge um, Heat fan, by the way. I'll never forget when he banked in a game-winning three over D-Wade in 09. I couldn't believe it. But then again, Kobe lived for the big moment. Even more important for Kobe was his love of his family. He raised all his beautiful daughters up how they wanted to be, not how he thought they should be. I think that's important to encourage them and what they had interest in instead of trying to change them to be more like himself. This was a gut-wrenching blow for the entire world to endure. My deepest condolences go out to the Bryant family and all the other families involved as well. And then Cody sent me another text that said, I'm more of a talker than a writer. Um, And man, I think the the Kobe memories are what, what's the hardest is the hardest part for me is getting on social media, getting on Twitter, getting on Instagram, getting on Facebook and seeing all these moments that I got to watch. You know, that shot in 09 that Cody talked about, I watched that happen. Um, you know, the the finals in 2010, uh, the finals in, in 08, you know, I watched these things happen. Kobe's 81-point uh, game I didn't get to watch, but I've watched it multiple times. Um, Kobe's 60-point farewell game, like the greatest farewell we've ever seen in any sport. And my favorite moment of that entire game, that 60 point farewell game is he gets to 60 and he's no, he's not at 60. He's, he's, I think he's at 58 and he's walking back onto the floor after a timeout. And he looks over at Gianna on, on the sideline and he laughs and he winks at her. And every time I see that clip, on social media, any anywhere, anytime I see that clip on on ESPN, on Facebook, on Twitter, anything, it just breaks my heart. And I think um, I don't I don't have her her quote in front of me, but um, there's an ESPN worker. His name's L Duncan. Uh, you guys probably know her if you are listening to this sports podcast. You probably know L Duncan. L Duncan gave a very emotional response. To a time that she met Kobe and uh, she was pregnant with her daughter and Kobe encouraged her about being a girl dad uh, and, and how girls are the best. Um, I don't know that feeling. I have a son, but L Duncan in her response um, on live TV. So way braver than any of us. She broke down and she started talking about, um, how the only comforting thing to her about this entire situation is that, that Kobe died doing what he loved most. And that's really sobering to think about, you know, those, those final moments on that helicopter that Kobe was doing what he loved. He he was being a father. And, uh, that hits hard cause I'm a father now. And, I don't even know what to say. Um, I'm going to read. I'm going to read the tweet. 
that I uh, sent out this morning. That's a long tweet, so so hang with me. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, I tweeted this uh, at 8.35 this morning. For, for all the younger kids that are asking me, let me break down why Kobe was so important to my generation. Kobe Bryant was my generation's Michael Jordan. We didn't get to watch MJ because by the time we were born, he was near the end of his career. The first person that we got to watch be great was Kobe. We got to watch a 17-year-old kid move to L.A. and struggle for a year, averaging 7 points as a rookie. Then, something amazing happened. Mamba mentality happened. Kobe became obsessed with winning, with being the greatest. He won three chips and then lost his partner in crime, Shaq. He faced a trial that he was falsely accused in and came back and reinvented himself again. He switched to number 24, won two more chips, and inspired millions of people. Kobe had this to say once. Now, championships come and go, right? There's going to be another team that wins another NBA championship, another player that wins another MVP award. But if you really want to create something that lasts generations, you have to help inspire the next generation, and they'll create something to inspire the next generation behind them. And that's how you create something that lasts forever, and that's what's most beautiful. At the end of the day, Kobe wanted to win, but more than that, he wanted to inspire, and he certainly did that. So to sum it up, Kobe is my generation's MJ, or my generation's LeBron, or my generation's Steph Curry. Kobe is, Kobe was, is, and always will be our hero. And I also would like to read this um, I posted on Monday after it happened on our Instagram. Our, uh, I just want to make this clear you don't have to follow me on instagram but i do this thing on instagram called lesson of the day and i try every weekday to post a lesson of the day uh and this week's on monday was as follows hashtag lesson of the day make sure people know that you love them the tragedy of kobe bryant and his daughter gianna and all the others that were with them Made me hold my baby boy a little longer last night. Made me text people and tell them that I love and miss them. Made me hug my wife tighter. Made me pray harder for the ones that I love. I never met Kobe and I never even got a chance to watch him play in person, but the impact that he had on my life will never go away. And then I give the same quote uh, that I just read about inspiring the next generation. Kobe, my man, you certainly inspired you inspired millions, including me, to be the best that we can be, no matter what our passion. Thank you, Kobe. And I think um, the best thing that that I can do, uh, the the only thing that, that I know to do, is is to just pray, um, pray for for Kobe and Gianna uh, and the people on the plane. Uh, you know, pray that, that they had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, pray for the families, that they would find hope in, in Jesus Christ, um, that, that they would find peace uh, in this entire situation. And, and I think, I think um, the most important thing to do is to understand that uh, Kobe was more, more than a basketball player. And I know LeBron started that whole campaign um, more than an athlete recently. And I don't remember how long ago it was, two or three years ago, but but Kobe was more than an athlete. Um, he was someone who blew us away on the court for 20 years with his attention to detail, with his tenacity, with his fearlessness, with his... Uh, ability to break down a defense. Um, he he was someone who inspired basketball players for 20 years. But more than that, he was someone that inspired fathers, um, mothers. He inspired 
he he inspired everyone to be better. Um, Michael Wilbon from ESPN told a story of um, when he had a heart attack and Kobe was in Phoenix for a game and, and Michael Wilbon was in Scottsdale and uh, he went, Michael Wilbon went down to Phoenix for the game and Kobe found him and pulled him in a room and closed the door and, and like railed him about getting, you know, getting his health straightened out. He's like, you're, you know, you're a dad. You can't be doing this. You got to be better than this. You know, we can't lose you. You, you gotta, you gotta get your health right so that you can be a dad. Or the story from, um, from Jay Williams about the time that, that he went to the, the gym four hours before his game and Kobe had already been there for an hour and then worked 25 minutes longer than him doing game time moves and like, you know, not nonchalant, just out there, you know, throwing up shots. No, he was doing like hard game time moves and then went out and dropped 40 on him that night. And, and Jay Will asked him after the game, like, man, why, why are you working so hard? And Kobe said, because I saw you come in. And I want you to know that no matter how hard you work, I'm going to work harder to be better than you. And that that's the Mamba mentality. Like, that's what it is. It's not just basketball. It's not just sports. It's everything. Kobe put that mentality into uh, creating an animated short, writing a book series, starting a, a sports academy. I mean, Kobe changed the world. And um, it's very difficult to accept the fact that he's gone, um, to accept the fact that that L.A. and basketball and sports will never be the same. I mean, you've seen tributes across all sports uh, this past week, not just basketball. And I think that the best way that we can honor Kobe and the best way that that, that Kobe would want us to honor him, and, and I have no right to say this. I don't know Kobe. I didn't know Kobe. Never met him. But I think just what we know about Kobe, the way that we can honor him the best is just to be the best that we can be in everything that we do and to love the people around us. And so um, I want to end this episode with um, a moment of silence. But I also uh, I feel led to just say a prayer for the families. And so uh, I'm going to, you know, if if that's not um, you guys know, if you listen to any of our content, I'm a pastor, uh, I'm a student pastor and, and, you know, I, I'm a Christian. Uh, I feel led to say a prayer for the families, uh, and for the world that's mourning right now, the loss of Kobe. And so if that's not where you're at, I'm not going to force you to sit in and listen to it. You can click off right now. Um, thank you for listening up to this point, but, but I'm going to say a prayer and then have a moment of silence and we'll just end the episode with that moment of silence. So, uh, if you would like to join me in prayer, um, I will do that now. Dear heavenly father, I just first and foremost want to thank you for, for giving us another day to, uh, to wake up, to love our families, to, to hug next, to tell people that we love them. God, I want to thank you for all the many blessings that you've poured out on uh, not just me, but but on everyone. Uh, thank you for you know protecting us, taking care of us, providing for us. Thank you for um, everything that you've done for us. Everything that we have, we know it belongs to you, God. God, I want to thank you for, for giving us 20 years of Kobe Bryant. I want to thank you for giving us um, 20 years of Mamba. But God, even more than that, I want to thank you for um, the years after basketball. I want to thank you for the years where he won an Oscar, uh, for the years where he started an academy, for the years where he wrote a book, the years that he truly inspired fathers around the world to be better. I want to thank you for everything that he meant to not just, you know, the 10 people that, that I read from today, but... Uh, the millions of people around the world that that he touched. And God, I just want to ask that that you would just give um, the families involved with this an overwhelming sense of peace, uh, that that they would lean on you in this time of of crisis, that they would uh, 
that would seek hope in um, in your son, Jesus Christ. And God, I want to pray for, um, for Kobe and Gianna and all of them. God, I just want, I just want to, uh, pray that, that God, that they, they had a relationship with Jesus that, um, that they'll be with you in eternity. Um, God, we don't know why any of this happens, but, um, we know that that you are sovereign and that you are in control and that as hard as it is, even for people who didn't know him, that it's infinitely harder for those that did and those that were close to him. And God, I just pray that everyone who's mourning this, everyone who's struggling would just find an overwhelming sense of peace and, and that they would seek comfort in, uh, in you, Lord. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.